Hello, my loves. Jazza here. I am confusingly not in this episode, but I'm tasked with introducing it because Rowan is off on her holly bobs. Before I hand over to past Rowan, I just want to thank two of our patrons, Jennifer and Toby, who support us on the Rainbow Parent tier, which is the highest possible tier on Patreon. If you would like to join them and get a little shout out at the beginning of every episode, go check out our Patreon. For everyone else, I'll let Rowan take the show away. Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis and this is Hot Takes, where I'll be joined by a special guest who's come ready to go with three queer movie hot takes that they'll need to persuade me of in three arguments or less. I'm very excited to welcome Elena Medhurst, a lesbian fashion historian, truly the coolest uh, title in the world, uh, writer, lecturer, and the person who runs the website dressingdykes.com. Go and check it out. Uh, hello, Elena. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So, I I mean, I feel like we just need to dive straight in with your first hot take. Please lay it on me. Okay, so I'm going to like preface my hot takes by saying I'm not the biggest movie person. Like I'm definitely not a movie scholar, to put it that way. So these are kind of just fun, a little bit silly not anything to do with, you know, my area of expertise, lesbian fashion. So yes, that was my disclaimer, perhaps. Okay, this dis- this disclaimer is sounding a lot like excuses. Um, <laughs> and I, I I will take it into account in my in my rulings, the very serious rulings of this yeah. extremely serious podcast. Um, so yes, I've, I've taken that into account. I've taken, okay. I'm taking that like golf handicap into account. Thank you. Please go, go for it. So number one, It's about High School Musical. Okay, incredible already. So lots of people, queer people especially, already think that Sharpay in High School Musical should have been a lesbian. I think that's a general consensus in, you know, a lot of the queer community. But I want to take it one step further and say that Troy from High School Musical should have been a lesbian. I am obsessed with this. Um, Okay, so... Normally with these hot takes, if someone mentions a specific film, I'm like, oh, for those unaware of what that movie is, can you tell me about it? But I feel like everyone knows about High School Musical. And if you don't, the name sort of is the vibe. Uh, It's a High School Musical. Although we don't see them do the High School Musical until like the third film. So it's really just edging for a long time. But Troy specifically is the the boy who wants to play basketball, but also wants to sing. And that is truly the only thing difficult about his life. And it causes him a lot of stress. What what about Troy Bolton is saying lesbian to you? Where where give me give me those persuasive okay. points, please. Okay, so I have to say I was assisted in this take by someone has already done a they basically took the script of High School Musical and changed it so that it was the exact plot, but that Troy was a lesbian. And that's just blown my mind, and I'm sharing the word of God, you know, basically from from that person. So the premise was that Troy could be um, Helen Troy Bolton. Oh, that's that's okay already. Yeah, I, I, already I'm I'm like this is great, which I love. I'm I'm on board with this. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. But the film, as it already stands, works so well with like with Troy being a lesbian. Um, just with the themes of the film, it's all about like you said the difficulty that Troy has between choosing the easy social route where he's popular or if Troy was Helen Troy Bolton where she's popular and plays basketball and is doing everything that Troy should be doing but wants to sing wants to sing in the musical wants to fall in love with this girl who's like in a different social group Mm. and um I just think that screams lesbian. I think that it would feel it would hit different if Troy was a lesbian or if Troy was a queer woman in any way, you know. And okay. So I I'm now I'm now I'm entertaining this and I'm theorizing about this. Considering that Troy and Gabriella meet first of all like outside of the school setting. Mm. That in itself is very interesting to me. Like they have this secret winter 
Are they in like a ski lodge? I've d- I haven't seen that film in a long time. They have some kind of like, they're doing karaoke somewhere on holiday together. And that's strange because it's like, oh, if Troy, Helen uh, hasn't explored her sexuality necessarily, hasn't allowed herself to do that. And then she's outside of this like very restrictive high school setting. And suddenly there's like a spark with this girl. And she's like, oh, but maybe this is a fluke. Maybe it will never happen again. I won't have to worry about this. Push it down, stick to the status quo. But then that very girl turns up at school and she can't hide her feelings. It's it's making sense. This yeah. is making sense. Yeah. Especially with, like, you brought up Stick to the Status Quo, which if you're not familiar with High School Musical, is one of the titles of one of the songs. That's, that is even, like, a title of the song. It just fits so perfectly with, like, the queer experience. With, like, Stick to the Status Quo and everyone's like, no. What if they were all going, no, I'm not going to because we're all gay? Like, I don't know, taking it a step further, High School Musical could be just about a cast of all LGBTQ plus people, but you know. Stunning. I'll leave it with Troy being a lesbian for now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so is Troy getting... In, in this, is it essentially the same plot that you're proposing? That it's it's essentially exactly the same? Yeah. Uh, Helen plays basketball, wants to sing. Pretty much, pretty much. I can't say I can remember all of the intricacies <laughs> off the top of my head. That, I mean, yeah, it's a very, it is a very complicated plot. Yeah. So <laughs> but I also think with, there's kind of a love triangle in the films between Troy, Gabriella and Sharpay, who is like the mean girl. But not really, because Sharpay kind of only wants to be with Troy for the popularity, for the status. And I think that if Troy was Helen, if Troy was a lesbian, again, it would hit different. It would be this like dyke drama situation rather than, oh, why does Sharpay want to want to chase Troy? Like, she's clearly not really interested. It would add a bit of spice, I think, you know. Mm. A bit of drama there. Mm. Okay, this is a side shoot, but I thought when you said uh, a lot of queer people are in agreement, I thought you were going to talk about Chad and Ryan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And those two homosexuals. So are we also, are Chad and Ryan also in this hypothetical version together? Are we just going to add that as like a little subplot? Yeah, why not? Why not? Glorious. I think that it's pretty much canon anyway. There's the scene, the screenshot of it is all around the internet where they sing their song, I Don't Dance Together, and then the next scene, Chad and Ryan are in each other's clothes for some unexplained reason. And I think that, you know, that's worth being fully canon and in my head and in my mm. heart, it already is. That's pretty gay. And you, your expertise is fashion, so the fact that this is clothes-based evidence means that you're, you're simply correct. Yeah, exactly. Like, what I say is just the truth. Like, sorry, everyone, it's just true. That's very fair. Okay, what, uh, do you have any other... Um, I mean, you're already, I mean, I, I, not to spoil it, the, the the judgment, but I'm pretty persuaded. But do you have anything else to bring to the table for this argument? Do I have anything else to bring to the table? I don't know. I think on a more serious note, if High School Musical in any way had been, had had like any queer characters in, it really would have made a difference to a lot of people's lives. And I know that Kenny Ortega, the director, had wanted to make Ryan, who's implied to be gay, but it's not confirmed he had wanted to make Ryan actually gay in the films but wasn't able to because of Disney but I think that if there had been any queer representation at all whether it be Ryan Ryan and Chad Troy Sharpay whoever it would have let some young queer people realize things about themselves sooner so I think it would have made it would have had a positive impact and retroactively if we changed it somehow maybe it still would you know I agree I think that that movie like those movies were such a phenomenon and there was such a huge cast of characters that it would have been just like one drop of within the big ensemble that was like even just one of the characters like who is is it Zeke who's Zeke who loves to bake. to bake yeah yeah that's it um even just like a side character I think would have had a huge impact but I'm also aware of the fact that I was like still in school when those movies came out so I'm like that was actually there was it was even worse the the atmosphere was not great I also didn't have the Disney channel so I distinctly remember my experience of high school musical was during a rehearsal for my school's dance production my best friend as we were like marking through the moves was telling me the plot of the movie (laughs) and then at the end it wasn't until the end that I realized that Ryan and Sharpay were siblings and not in fact like a couple (laughs) and I was very confused because I was like yeah they're just because obviously she's explaining it and she's like yeah so there is this like 
other two people who really want the part and they dance together all the time and do exactly the same songs just like slightly cooler and I'm like wow what a power couple mm. like oh no that's a uh, slightly different but yeah no I definitely agree with you and I think that what's really interesting is is Ryan and actually Kelsey there's a character called Kelsey who's yeah. this little freshman who plays the piano and it's just generally sort of like the unwilling servant of Chopin for <laughs> various movies and both of them, I think, are very have a lot of queer coding to them. And then in the in the final film, they just make them prom dates uh, in yeah. a sort of, I guess, an attempt to be like, definitely no gay here. But I'm like, this is just lesbian and gay solidarity. Yeah. And that's what you've done accidentally instead. Yeah, they're just each other's beards for high school. You know, it's fine. Like, they're both definitely gay. And they're going to go to school in New York together and yeah. uh, have a nice gay apartment and go out to all the gay bars. It's going to be very cute. Yeah, because they're the ones who get the scholarship at the end. So, spoiler, sorry, spoiler for High School Musical Spo 3. Spoiler alert, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, you would never have seen it coming. And yeah, no, I, you know what? The judgment here is that I agree. Um, we had a previous hot take from Connie that I think was a similar and yet very different take about a character who was a, a guy who should have been a lesbian, which mm. was Edward from Twilight. Maybe I was inspired by that without me sort of knowing. I feel like it's just in the air. I feel like every every male character just being replaced by a lesbian feels very right to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say stamp of approval for hot take number one. Claps, cheers, well done. <laughs> Incredible work. Well, hey. But there's no rest for the wicked because I'm going to make you go straight on to hot take number two. So. Okay. Lay it on me. Fire away. So this one is my lesbian movie hot take. Okay. As I've titled it in my notebook. And that is that Debs is the best lesbian rom-com and that it's criminally underrated. Incredible. So I can say for this one, for those who don't know what Debs is, because I feel like it's like an if you know, you know kind of movie. Mm. What is it? What's going on with it? Uh, to begin with, before we even get into the idea of it being this elite lesbian rom-com. So Debs is from, I think it's 2000 and it's either 2003 to 2006. It's in that time period. Can't remember off the top of my head. And um, it's about a, how do I describe it? A school that girls get sent to if they pass a test that shows that they would be a good spy. And at the spy school, they go on missions and someone who's been a, a threat to this like spy organization for ages is a supervillain called Lucy Diamond. And essentially the sort of top of the class girl called Amy at the spy school goes on a mission to try and capture or find out about Lucy Diamond. And eventually they fall in love and it's this enemies to lovers campy like teen rom-com high school drama with spies situation it's fantastic i love the fact that for anyone who doesn't know about debs that must have been such a wild explanation to hear <laughs> because it sounds at first like so yeah there's just this uh kind of elite school and the the girls have to pass a test to get in it sounds like it's going to be some kind of like boarding school romance thing like to see if they're very good uh, potential spies um very very much like okay we're taking a taking a corner here so this is very much like a cult lesbian classic i'd say it's mm. like very much a if you know you know about it it's kind of difficult to find in a lot of places i think i think we watched it as part of the queer movie club a few like maybe last last year and people joined the the club from like all over the world it's essentially for for people who are part of the patreon and it's really difficult when we're picking movies to make sure that everyone can find the movie mm. where they are. And it's one of those ones that hasn't necessarily had to like, oh yes, of course, it's just going to be on all the streaming services, which I think is a travesty because truly what a wild and wacky, but great film. Yeah. So I'm already primed to agree, but I'm yes. going to pretend like I haven't seen this movie. I don't know anything about mm. it. And you've just come at me with this wild hot take and I need you to persuade me why this Enemies to Lovers spy teen movie is uh, the ultimate lesbian rom-com. Okay. So <laughs> basically it's got everything. It's got everything you could possibly want, um, or at least everything I could possibly want. Maybe other people have other criteria, but I'm right in this situation. It's got the spy movie, but not like 
it's not dark. It's not dark at all. It's fun. It's got the high school movie, the high school rom-com, which is a genre in and of itself that is possibly my favourite genre, who knows? It's got the enemies to love as lesbians that like, when does this happen? Never. I'll take any instance of it that I can get. And this is a fantastic example. And also the couple are the central couple, Amy and Lucy, are very, very cute. They do have a happy ending. There's no bury your gaze here. And the ensemble cast of characters is also very fun and likeable. There's like a side little romance. It's a straight romance, but it's like also compelling and fun, even though it's heterosexuals. And Devon Aoki, I think is how you pronounce her name, is in it as a just fantastic character who really doesn't care about anything. She's amazing. Oh, Holland Taylor is a supporting character. So she's fantastic too. Really, there's it's got everything. I also like the fact that although I think that with queer movies, sometimes there is the enemies to lovers, but it's not enemies to lovers as we might like it for people who are interested in reading that in like fiction, for example, where the enemies element comes from something other than homophobia. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of the movies, it's like we're enemies just because one of us like hates themselves and is self-loathing and it's very, yeah. and like sometimes that's like, there are movies that do that, which I think are really great. Like God's Own Country is obviously a fantastic film that has that like element to it mm -hmm. of like the reason why we aren't just friends from the beginning is this kind of internalized homophobia. But I think it's really interesting to have like an enemies to lovers where it's like, you're a super villain, yeah. I'm a spy. <laughs> like we are enemies, yeah. like that's kind of much more fun. Exactly. It's like this almost fantasy element to it and that Lucy Diamond is like the supervillain. Oh, another part of it is that Amy, the top of the class spy, is writing her like big like final paper on Lucy Diamond. And that's like a central plot point. It's so good. That's very gay. Yeah. That's very gay. Of yeah, her. exactly. Also, just the name Lucy Diamond is incredible. I know, right? It just it sounds really gay somehow um what would you say it has the other rom-coms that the other rom-coms don't have as well like mm -hmm. that it might be lacking that makes this kind of the ultimate one uh, i think it's that it's got this like that the plot isn't all about being gay and i, I think that's quite rare in like lesbian rom-coms in, in any queer rom-coms really obviously it does happen sometimes but the like the the tension there's a bit of tension in the like oh but she's a woman you're both girls blah 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 but there's hardly any of it and especially for the time I think that's fantastic it's so refreshing and I don't know it's just like what other what other film has the like spy and supervillain storyline I don't know maybe it's just me that thinks that's fantastic I know it's not but uh, who who else is is doing that like everyone else is just in high school or they're just forced together in some other way a normal yeah normal high school not spy high school yeah which is a very different kind of high school exactly if they'd have continued to do sky high like maybe they could have given us that they could have given us like superheroes and villains and school and uh gay romance but they simply made one movie that wasn't queer at all um very rude of them that <laughs> we could have had it all How dare also they? it's very funny when you were like oh in this time period because i fully like deb's has the energy of a 90s movie yeah so badly i felt like i got like whiplash when you were saying it was a 2000s film yeah because it is also you know the budget's not the biggest mm. uh it's not like a yeah. major studio yeah, blockbuster. It's, it's and so I think that there's definitely, I don't know, my in my mind, I was like, what a 90s movie, a classic 90s film. Uh, absolutely, it's a 2000s. Mm. Okay, so you said that the like sort of teen rom-com, teen like high school movie is something that you're kind of into. This makes sense to me as you are someone who is interested in fashion because I feel like the fashion elements of teen movies are always some of the best like if you think about any like well-known teen movie the fashion element mm. it's like such a huge part in it do you feel like the fashion in Debs was up to your standards do you feel like there was more interesting lesbian fashion that they could have brought in mm. is there traditional lesbian spy fashion uh that, <laughs> that they should have been tapping into 
That I know of, I don't know of any traditional lesbian spy fashion, but maybe that's because the lesbian spies have just done their job so well that like we don't know about them. That's very fair. Yeah, they're not James Bonding it around and yeah. being like, hi, I'm James Bond, extremely famous spy, exactly. which uh, feels like the opposite of what he should be doing. They're secret spies. It doesn't have like an iconic look in Debs like he would have in like Clueless or even like Mean Girls, for example, or more recently, like Do Revenge. I listened to your episode on Do Revenge and about the iconic looks in it. So iconic. But it it doesn't have the it doesn't have the budget, you know. It didn't have the budget to to do that to as much of an extent. And I do think it does give us a little bit of it, just from the top. I can't. I don't have images of all of the looks in my in my skull ready to bring out at this moment. But I can remember Lucy Diamond has the like little low rise trousers and like tank tops and stuff, and she does look like a lesbian supervillain. So I do appreciate that. It's funny because I like in my head, I went to check because I was like, am I just like misremembering this? But I'm like, no, they they do their spying in their school uniforms. In their school uniforms, yeah. And they've all like personalized their school uniforms slightly. But it's really funny because like there's one who wears like a cropped tank top, but still has the tie on. Like, so it's not the tie that like the school tie is not in any kind of collar situation. It's simply just hanging around the neck. It's just And now necklace. I'm looking at this and I'm like, how didn't I realize this was a 2000s movie? Because it's so aggressively 2000s in the yeah. fashion. And it's because the reason why I like remember those costumes is because that's like the iconic like poster and D like DVD cover and stuff mm. is just like them in their school uniforms looking really sassy. 10 out of 10. Oh, hang on, wait, I can just zoom in. I, okay. I love the fact that I just went to look at the image of the front cover of like the DVD case and it has the slogan. And everything that we've said about this movie, where like the scent, it's like a central like lesbian romance. There's, it's like a spy school. It's all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's the the, the slogan they went with is they're crime fighting hotties with killer bodies. <laughs> what? What in the Jennifer's body is going on here? Who are their bodies going to kill? lesbians perhaps there's also just a screenshot that someone's done of them with their guns which are like clearly slightly disguised like blaster gun situations so they don't look entirely like normal guns because i feel like that would be quite intense yeah but all of them are just holding them so badly like they're just really not this isn't like a killer action sequence they don't know what to do with them their legs like slightly bent like confused and honestly the camp element of that is even makes it yeah, even better for me it's like i said it's a spy film but it's not like james bond like don't get it twisted it is silliness and that's the joy of it <sighs> truly did you have any anything else that you were bringing to the table for Debs? Um, my only other point which i did touch upon was about how great it is to see this we like we did talk about it but the enemies to lovers thing i just we just don't we just don't see that and even when we do we need more of it so thank you to debs for providing please can we get some more enemies to lovers lesbian films please I, so okay now you've said that this is a slight tangent but i feel like it's interesting to talk about because of the enemies to lovers as a trope is mm. again if you're not familiar with romance tropes um it's pretty much what it sounds like. They were enemies and now they're going to be lovers. Are you one of the people who has a sort of line in terms of like where you're willing to go with enemies to lovers where you're like, okay, there's a like, there's like two, like you were two big enemies, like too, too much stuff was happening. Or are you like, you know what? It's, it's fiction. I'll take anything. You could have been a literally a super villain. Well, I guess this is kind of the vibe in Debs, but like the worst person in the world or like truly completely enemies inco incompatible together and then we go to mm. lovers because i know there are some people who are like i am truly enemies to lovers everyone who's like oh we just had a bit of an argument at the beginning and then we quickly become friends that's not the trope yeah i think that with straight couples that a man just has to step a toe out of line and i will not i will not take it i it's not allowed like <laughs> I will not have enemies to lovers if it's like there's a man who has done something remotely morally grey even. I'm like, he should be being good. 
<laughs> so like you don't you don't he doesn't deserve you no. like absolutely not no. get the lesbian best friend in to sort this out exactly so i don't support men's wrongs but i do in fiction support women's wrongs uh, i'm sure there probably is some sort of line where i'd be like mm, maybe that's maybe that's not appropriate but really i just want the tension i want the high stakes i want the high stakes but they're not actually like that high like no one's gonna die there's just so much tension and yeah you're you're not getting that with if they're just like friends who have had an argument it's not compelling so with with the lesbians they can be pretty enemy like enemies in my opinion I love that. Yeah. I I respect when people have a trope that they like and they're like, I will go hard on this trope. Like I'm I'm a purist in that way. And I feel like I agree. Also with the uh, disagreeing with men's wrongs. Yeah. And also the fact that a lot of straight romance just seems to hinge on men's wrongs. <laughs> like that's kind of the plot. I'm like, yeah, we, we've seen it, you know, we've seen it, we've heard it. We've seen men doing bad things and I don't want to see it anymore. Like the straight people really love the trope a man and a woman hate each other and now suddenly they're having sex and are in love. Like that's, yeah. and that's the whole plot. And I truly, I'm like, that we need to do better than this. We need yeah. to like up the ante a little bit on this. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with the enemies to lovers thing is that there's the, in, in Debs as well, that it has this like, we, like, I'm not sure about you. No, you're a bad person, but then they slowly come around to it. And, you know, it, again, that's more compelling. You've got the slow burn, you've got the tension. I don't want it to be like we hate each other and now we're, you know, doing this, that and the other. I need some, I need some slow burn. I do like the idea of like, you have someone who is like the good versus bad enemies to lovers, but the good person is like good in a very innocent way. And so they kind of can be brought around to the supposedly bad person's way of thinking by like being exposed to different ideas that previously <laughs> they were just like, but no, I am like a pure of heart, like paladin vibes. Like I'm just going to you know, this is right and this is wrong. And then all it takes is one lesbian with slightly gray morals to be like, actually, have you thought about complex morality? Chef's kiss, beautiful. Exactly. Also what you said about stakes that don't involve death. Sometimes that's the best stakes because yeah. there's worse things than death. There's some stuff where like, especially for very specific characters, a lot of people, their like ultimate fear isn't death. It's like, some very specific thing happening to them while they're alive whether that is like abandonment or like failure or whatever so I feel mm. like you can definitely have good big stakes without necessarily killing off any homosexuals exactly no to killing off homosexuals we've had enough mm -hmm. living homosexuals only <laughs> uh I will accept resurrected homosexuals yes. if anyone wants to add more gays to the zombie genre then I'd be for that gay vampires a classic but we simply refuse to die now. Um, yeah. That's just, that's Rowan's mini hot take in the middle of the episode. Um, <laughs> Bring us back. should never die. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, again, I feel like you've persuaded me. Again, this was one of the ones where I was sort of on board from the beginning, but I still am a fair ruler, a fair judge. And I have looked at this from an objective point of view. No, I haven't. Um, and I judge this to be a correct hot take. Cool. Which means I think we're on to our final, third and final hot take. Hello friends, Jazza here, back for the ad read. As returning listeners will know, we are part of Multitude, a collective of creators who make stuff that go in your ears. Don't worry, it's mainly just podcasts. Um, We like to give a shout out to our audio siblings every single episode and this week it's games and feelings games and feelings is an advice podcast about surprise surprise games join question keeper eric silver and a revolving cast of guests as we answer your questions at the intersection of fun and humanity since you gotta you know play games with other people generally and we're talking about every single type of game. Video games of all stripes, tabletop games, party games, laser tag, escape rooms, game streams, D&D &D podcasts, the companies and workers that make these games, anything you can think of. We also have Jasper Cartwright, fellow Brit, actor, D&D &D player, and host of Three Black Halflings as a permanent guest. 
He's really lovely. Um, so you should join Eric, Jasper, and various multitude folks who are uh, going to recommend games and answer advice questions and play whatever quiz Eric comes up with. And this weekly schedule brings back the hit 2020 show, What's Your Favourite Pokemon? Uh, and then I say something about you where Eric interviews people about their favourite Pokemon and there's something nice about them. If you like what you hear when I'm laying down and want to level up your emotional intelligence stat, then subscribe now to Games and Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes come out every Friday. We are really privileged to have ad reads for companies that we genuinely believe in here at Queer Move Podcast. And today I want to thank the .gay domain for their support. I hear you ask, Jazza, I'm so happy with my .com domain or my .co.uk domain or my dot. I can't think of any other domains. Um, uh, uh, why would I ever need something that ends in .gay? Well, let me tell you why you should consider using .gay to make your domain name even more queer. So, since launching in 2020, over 18,000 individuals, organizations, and businesses, including the likes of Target, pretty big names, have registered a .gay domain name. So, you are, my friends, in good company. .gay is also a community-focused domain that serves LGBTQ plus communities across the world by providing visibility and donating 20% of each domain registration to grassroots organizations that you can find on their website. What's more, they're committed to providing a safer internet for LGBTQ plus communities by banning and taking down any hateful content. So, my friends, go on, make the switch to .gay today for your website and support a company that really does have our communities back. Head over to queermoviepodcast.gay. Yeah, we've got one now too. To get a free .gay domain name of your choice for your own website or brand for a whole year. Pretty good, eh? Make .gay your online identity because .com just isn't gay enough. And finally, this is a really exciting ad read. Um, we have the honour of being sponsored by a new book in town, Skin Deep by Mary Blanchett. I'm really genuinely hyped for you to get your hands physical or digital on this book because one, it's about sulkies who are top tier mythical creatures um, and also the story's pretty queer with a bi main character and a love interest that give, quote, we saw you across the bar and we like your vibe energy, which I'm 100% here for, and it has a happy ever after ending. What more could you want? The book is about a Selkie who is sent to the shore by her clan to investigate after several of her siblings have been murdered and their pelts stolen, but her mission derails when she meets two charming strangers who absolutely everyone in town seems to be falling in love with, including herself. The story takes place in Quebec, et donc aussi disponible en français. Thank you so much. That was the extent of my A-level French. The paperback and the digital versions are now available on Amazon or wherever good ebooks are sold. So check out uh, more information at blanchettmarie.com. All right, that's enough from me. Now handing it back over to Rowan for the rest of the show. Tiddly. Okay, so my, my third hot take is going in a completely different direction. And that is that Shrek is a queer allegory. Okay, so we have now got, having just said that I was already persuaded of two to begin with, you've brought in a third, which at no point in my entire life have I even considered a possibility. <laughs> so you will have to persuade me. Okay. This, this one is going to be work. You save okay. best or last. Okay. So, okay. For those unfamiliar with Shrek, no, everyone knows Shrek. He's an ogre. Um, he lives in a swamp. <laughs> I feel like there's not much else that needs to be recapped about him. He has yeah. a donkey companion. He marries a princess, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like you can go straight into your, your reasoning. Okay. So maybe I should say Shrek like can be a queer allegory, but whatever who cares about no commit com yeah. commit to the hot take it is a queer allegory okay so when i was writing my list i googled this to be like right how, how many people have thought this and surprisingly quite a few articles and stuff are already out there about shrek's 
queerness in general like the whole film not necessarily just Shrek himself so my first point about this is that the whole plot of Shrek is this struggle with identity it's the struggle between being a human or being an ogre being socially acceptable or being an outcast and about what choices we have in that for example one reading of 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 shrek being a queer allegory is reading fiona who if for some reason you don't know shrek is the princess who is a human princess but at the end turns into an ogre there's there's the struggle with fiona wanting to break the curse where she becomes an ogre at night and be normal and be a beautiful human princess and marry a man or she can be with Shrek and be an ogre who Shrek is also a man but he's an ogre man so it's different Mm -hmm. and I think that one reading of this is that this could be seen as Fiona's struggle with compulsory heterosexuality and that she feels the need, the social pressure that she's put on herself as well as that she's grown up with and the pressure that she's felt because it's the only way that she can free herself from the tower that she's been locked in, that she has to conform and be with a prince and be a beautiful human woman. But at the end of the film, she does choose to follow her heart and be who she is and become an ogre and be you know, kind of socially unacceptable. So that is one of my points on this, like, struggle with identity. And I was talking about this with my wife and she brought up in Shrek 2, Shrek kind of has this struggle with identity and, like, social acceptability himself because he takes the potion which makes him turn into a, like, handsome human man rather than being an ogre because he thinks that that's what will be more acceptable if he fits in and he can be like, oh, you know, we we do conform, like we're still this couple, but we can conform to society's expectations and both be humans, um, but ultimately accepts, no, this isn't what we're going to be. We're going to be ogres. And that's this kind of idea of passing, passing as acceptable, perhaps passing as an allegory in like trans passing or being... Like there's there's so many ways that queer people are unacceptable to like a heteronormative cisnormative society as a whole, um, which from my perspective as like a fashion historian, I think about a lot because it's about how people are visibly showing themselves or how they're hiding themselves, and I think that that idea does come into the Shrek movies. So I, this is very compelling. I feel like this is very much, I mean, I have done like a whole video on my YouTube channel around the idea of like superheroes being inherently queer. And there is a similar element of like the superhero themselves within the narrative might not literally be queer, but the metaphor that you have of like a secret identity that you can't tell anyone about that like is something that is causing like shame and difficulty in your life, especially in regards to like the mutant version of superheroes, Mm. the X-Men version. Like there's literally a scene in, x2 uh where bobby comes out to his parents as a mutant and they are like have you tried not being a mutant like are you sure and it's so obviously a parallel and so i i definitely think that using what seems on the surface to be like a straight storyline and looking at the ways in which like queer experiences can be mapped onto that is really interesting because i think that there is this real sense of like yeah internalized homophobia kind of I can see that parallel with Fiona. She is very much against being an ogre at night. Like she feels a lot of shame around it. Even even in front of Shrek, who is an ogre, who wouldn't judge her. Mm. And similarly, like Shrek in the second movie is not saying, I hate that Fiona is an ogre. Ogres are gross and ugly and I don't like them. It's very much like he doesn't want to be it anymore and he knows what he, the society thinks he should be. So he's not saying I turn into a prince and I make Fiona turn back into a princess he's like I will be a prince and doesn't seem to have really thought about the idea of like Fiona will still be an ogre though because it's that idea of like you can have internalized homophobia while not necessarily feeling that negatively towards queer people externally like it's Mm -hmm. it can be a very internal process as well so that's very interesting and I also think this idea of like doing what is socially acceptable is 
it's like times a hundred when you're looking at like a princess who has to marry a prince. Like there is a very set way of going about that. There has mm. to be a marriage. Like it's gotta be a heterosexual marriage, like carrying on the family line kind of element of like the royalty stories. Yeah. That means that it's almost like heteronormativity dialed up to 11. Yeah. And so to contrast that with like Fiona's choice to become an ogre at the end is really interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned like the idea of her being a princess specifically as well. Cause I think that an other part of it is almost like queering the like fairy tale because obviously Shrek as a story is already like undermining this like fairy tale concept of like who are the who are the heroes of of the story and you know you can read that as like yes it's it's queering it because it's changing it's changing what's important and what the outcome is going to be I have like a big bone to pick with all of those movies, which are like the sort of Beauty and the Beast style movie. So like Beastly, like Penelope, like all of those movies where yeah. it's like one of one of the people within this relationship doesn't look perfect. And therefore, if they that's the curse from being a bad person. And if mm. they can make someone fall in love with them, they get to turn back into a hot human again. And I think I like I have so much appreciation for the way that Shrek didn't do that because even in the movies where people learn to accept their like imperfections and they seem content with a life living as they look, they still get the reward. Like almost a reward yeah. for acknowledging that is to get to turn back into this perfect person. And I feel like there's a lot of problematic stuff around, you know, people do actually have like disability deformity stuff yeah. and it's uh kind of a messed up version of the world where it's like hi you're a bad person therefore we're going to make you look not perfect on the outside and that's kind of an implication that if you're not perfect on the outside there is something like less mm. human about you or less worthy and so I think that it was such a an iconic like I remember when Shrek came out and it was really this anti-Disney movie where it was deliberately making this point about the idea of actually that choice to be yourself and to to embrace who you are can be like equally as powerful as having some like magic reversal where everything gets to be like all perfect in the end mm, exactly yeah and that kind of brings me on to my next point about Shrek mm -hmm. which is going a little bit off piste from the movies themselves but so Shrek the musical <laughs> is um okay is is film i'm okay so i'm not familiar with shrek the music i know mm. i'm a terrible i've heard that it's incredible yeah is it basically the same as the movie in terms of plot yes it, it's basically the same it is like it was a stage musical and it's it's been filmed and it's online rather than like a a movie musical but it's basically the same but with songs and maybe a bit more attention to like some of the supporting cast I guess so that they can have their own songs but basically with Shrek the Musical like I said with the supporting cast the supporting cast is all the fairy tale creatures or people who are in the original like Shrek movies who will get sent to Shrek's swamp and make him start his adventure in the first place but you get this idea of them all being like the freaks and embracing their their differences so it's that idea of of like Shrek and Fiona embracing their differences but with the whole cast and there's like one of the final songs is called like let your freak flag fly and is all the different fairy tale people saying yes I'm different in this way and I'm proud of it and none of them are different because oh I'm gay one of them is implied like the wolf is implied to be trans perhaps but they're not doing that you know very well I suppose because it's from the earlier 2000s but yeah it's got this whole ensemble cast like it's really amping up that idea of this story is about being different in a multitude of ways and embracing that so yeah Shrek the Musical is it slaps. <laughs> it would have been very funny though to me if they were like I'm different because I'm a donkey that can talk. I'm different because I'm a 
like a wolf uh, who ate it's a grandma. Dress, yeah. I'm, and it's like, I'm different because I'm gay. And everyone's like, okay. Okay, um, is that the same? Sure. Is that the same? Is that the same? Well, I, I guess that's the whole thing, isn't it? It wouldn't really work that way, which is why we can read it as a metaphor instead. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's yeah. very fair. I mean, like, I feel like if Shrek had just been a woman from the start. Yeah. They would have just, you know, we could have just had a double layer. Yeah. Both of those things. Like in High School Musical. Oh, <laughs> so actually that would have been, I feel like that would have had a lot of possibilities to it because Shrek, the lesbian ogre, thinking that Fiona's like discomfort and everything is because it's like, I'm a woman who's like come to save you and you're expecting this man that you could marry and stuff and like, don't worry or whatever. And that Fiona's got her own inner thing where she's like, I am an ogre, you're an ogre, we are the same. Also, I'm gay. I feel like that's, a recipe for sort of not miscommunication, which I know a lot of people don't like, but I feel like when it's done well, it's mm. absolute chef's kiss uh, in a, as a plot line. I feel like that could be really interesting. Was that, are those your Shrek thoughts or did you have a final Shrek argument? Yeah, I think those were my, those were my Shrek thoughts. But my last point is that as I, as I brought up at the beginning of this argument, that's other people have seen this and agree. And I, when I was doing my little Google, I found an academic article called Let Our Freaks Flag Fly, Shrek the Musical and the Branding of Diversity. So they've even taken it a step further and gone, yeah, it's about queer people and it's bad for this reason. Mm. So clearly there's many, many ways to look at Shrek the Music Shrek the Musical and regular Shrek and Shrek two, three, four, five, a hundred, whatever, being queer allegories. And that these arguments have been thought about and I don't know, gone back and forth. The positives and the negatives have all been presented uh by people who I have not read their thoughts, so these were entirely my own. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, a background of support for my argument. I I would also say people love Shrek. They love Shrek too. Shrek starts to fall down and people start to not be that into the, the story in the franchise. I would argue when it becomes just like an overtly heterosexual situation and that the story is just about how Shrek doesn't, is like, doesn't like his nagging wife and being mm. a dad. Like, and he's, and it turns into this very boring, like sitcom man storyline. And that notoriously is where people get turned off the franchise. So I would say if they'd have just stuck with all this uh, queer nonsense, it would have been a lot more compelling. That's exactly, it's what drew people to it in the first place. Uh, they weren't drawn in by the idea that Shrek would be a bad father. No, they I thought simply Shrek refused would be amazing. To exactly. He'd be the coolest dad. And actually Fiona would be the coolest mum. Yeah. We could have had it all. If they'd have just stuck with these two lesbian ogres, it would have all made sense. Honestly, you know what? I've seen Shrek 4 once and Shrek 4, there's a whole convoluted thing where basically Fiona becomes like a warrior woman who never met Shrek in the first place. And that's kind of Fiona embracing her inner dyke. So her inner warrior lesbian. And I support that. I can't remember all the plot details of that, but Shrek 4 kind of is queer in its own way. I, in my head, I'm like, what even is Shrek 3? Uh, like, I don't the... know. That one was bad. <laughs> that one wasn't good. Justin, oh, that was the one where for some reason Justin Timberlake is in it as Mer as Arthur. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? I'm literally like on the Wikipedia and it's like, okay, so Shrek is a... Shrek is can't be the king. He doesn't want to be the king because he's an ogre. Someone else has to rule. But before Harold the Frog King dies, he's like, Shrek, I have actually got another p potential heir who is a nephew who's played by Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake wow okay suddenly I'm like King Arthur yeah I just feel like the line of succession is a very straight plot point so no wonder I wasn't that convinced yeah. although I'd be, I'd be intrigued to know whether the new Puss in Boots movie which everyone says is very good also has a queer reading I have now decided that I'm gonna go and watch that movie specifically with that lens you have to find out yeah see if the entire extended franchise also has this potential behind it because yeah I think you're onto something here I mean Puss in Boots he's fruity you know <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> you're truly not wrong if I know anything from the the musical and the movie Kinky Boots Boots are gay so um yeah. Having a cat 
which is very lesbian, in boots. You're telling me that's not queer? I know. In what world is it not? I don't know. That seems... <laughs> um, amazing. I mean, I'm persuaded. I feel like that... Great. You've knocked out of the park. Those were three very good hot takes. I'm glad. From someone who said that they weren't a movie person. Yeah. You came in absolutely storming. I just needed the right movies for me. <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. Yeah, I would agree with all of those. I would say to anyone... I'm sure that everyone who's watched High School Musical and Shrek, if you haven't watched Debs, it's just find your funnest queer friend. Get some popcorn. Play a drinking game during it if you must. I don't drink, so I just shot Diet Coke if I'm ever in that situation, which is a punishment in itself. Very fizzy. And and just have a good time. It's just such a nonsense chaos movie, yeah. but it's an absolute delight. And I kind of feel like this is what I like. This is what we're missing with all of the mainstreaming of the gays. Yeah. Like I want some more absolute nonsense yeah. indie movies to come out as well. Absolutely. Bring back the nonsense. Also, if anyone has any um, other gay spy movies, please let us know. I feel like this is a miss. A missed opportunity genre, um, especially if it includes an enemies to lovers element. I would be very much uh, interested. Please uh, get in touch. Uh, send send your DMs to the queer to the queer movie podcast on any social media. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. So that is a three out of three from me. Tick tick tick. Celebration sounds i've Ooh. suddenly forgot what those sound effects would look like cheering amazing clapping but for those who are listening if you have been listening to this and going what are you talking about this was not a three out of three i have some very compelling arguments for why these extremely serious hot takes are not quite uh, as strong as you seem to be assuming they are then please let us know honestly uh we're at queer movie pod on twitter and instagram uh, and we always like hearing from you thank you very much Eleanor, for for bringing those today if people want to check your stuff out where can they find you online uh they can find me on my website dressingdykes.com they can find me on tiktok which is at ellie medhurst where i talk about lesbian fashion history and on instagram which is at dressing dykes where i surprise surprise also talk about lesbian fashion history amazing well that is it for another episode of the queer movie podcast if you've enjoyed make sure to follow and subscribe so that you are primed for our next one in your podcast app of choice and if you really like what you are hearing then please consider supporting us over on patreon where we have some very fun perks on offer including monthly queer watch-alongs that i kind of mentioned earlier on on our discord recommendation lists of movies uh newsletters all this kind of stuff and speaking of thank you to Jennifer and Toby, the amazing Patreons who are supporting us on the highest tier, the Rainbow Parent tier. So thankful for your support. As I mentioned, again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram where we do some behind the scenes content as and when Jazza and I remember to do so at QuitMoviePod. And until we next find our way onto your podcast app and into your ears, uh, farewell, goodbye. Goodbye.